Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Seven Deadly Sinners early and ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Apple Podcasts. You're listening to a Morbid Network podcast. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Everyone's journey is different, so your daily lessons are personalized to you and your goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your free trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. And it needs to say, I'm a thoughtful person. And I appreciate you. And I know exactly what you like. All at the same time. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life, like the pickleballer, the jazz fan, the zen seeker, the artist, or the pasta lover. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there's something for everyone on Etsy. A gifting moment is always around the corner. Whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Gift easy with Gift Mode on Etsy. In all the previous cases that I've been involved with, where the situation is like this here, it's, it's, it's always been a recovery. It's never been a... Please, God... A happy ending. Bring her home. We will start to question whether a memory is real or false only when that element of memory or that... Why did his father leave him in a ditch in the middle of nowhere, then lie about it, and disappear? From eye scrapings and evasive nose probings to incisions in the skin, John of God has performed countless unlicensed surgical procedures, seemingly with no anesthesia... Welcome back to another episode of Seven Deadly Sinners. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I want to apologize. This isn't the Israel Keys podcast now. I didn't meet. I gave it a couple weeks in between. All right, listen. But this new short two-part series is hardly about sleazy Izzy, the monster in every town. Though I did get the idea to dig into this cult from Keys's cult-chasing family as his mother and sister are current members of today's case, the Church of Wells. And using the cult, the Church of Wells, to watch over his daughter, there were plenty of people that would, gave him the perfect alibi, as he realized he was running out of time, having live-in girlfriends who were starting to check up on him. So this is why I needed to give this ill-famed church, it's a cult, a cold hard look because well not her fault that Israel Keys became who he did Heidi Keys his mother did essentially cult hop and any dynamic related to producing a monster like Keys is worth looking into 
To be honest, I wasn't even sure how convoluted this case would be, but as it usually goes, the more I researched, the more I found. But that hasn't stopped the members of the Church of Wells from continuing to get arrested, sinful to fornicate with evil, and she would burn in the pits of hell for the sin. Yet another criminal charge. This one involved the 21-year-old pregnant employee of this auto parts store in the neighboring town of Alto. You know, this guy and just started quoting some scriptures, and then already there's just like this like violent reaction from this woman. And Church of Wells on the corner harassing people. Okay, we've got him headed that way. All I need to do is go step out and be a Christian and I'll be persecuted. So like I said, this will now be a two-part series. I hadn't planned on it, but there's no way I could have left out any sordid details and insane clips captured by folks living near the cult in the small town of Wells, Texas. So buckle up, guys, because we've got baby elders dressed in Abercrombie and Fitch throwing scripture-fueled tantrums on neighbors' lawns, singing hymns when talked back to like a three-year-old going la 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 but they're like our god is an awesome god and embarrassing displays of now frat boys trying to be important but all jokes aside it's actually much darker and we will have some very very sinister cult crimes to dig into the church of wells is heavily guarded in secrecy but accusations have leaked of kidnapping drugging, human trafficking, breaking child labor laws, sexual abuse, and death. So trigger warning, please take care when listening. But the Church of Wells is not just hurting their own. It's a turf war. The Church of Wells even managed to get into a scuffle with Joel Olstein's crew. It's the Bloods and the Crips, the Hells Angels and the... Um, now I'm an idiot. I should not talk about motorcycle gangs ever again. Please, guys, I'm sorry. I will never wear a patch of any kind ever again on my clothes. And not that I would because I'm not 13. And now I'm going to get beat up by a motorcycle gang. The church, located in the obscure East Texas town of Wells, with a population that has steadfastly clung to around 800 souls has an unassuming barn-like wooden structure built by loyal church members. It's simple, old school, and so is the members' Bible-thumping style of street preaching that has left town residents wondering if they're sharing their streets with a cult. And spoiler alert, the majority of residents seem to think that's the case. The church was founded in 2010 as the Church of Arlington at first, or then You Must Be Born Again, acronym YMBBA, Ministries, nerds, by a group of young street preachers in their late 20s. Street preachers that included Sean Morris, Jacob Gardner, and Ryan Ringnald, who had been popular fraternity members while attending Baylor University. Sean also attended Baylor, and in a brilliant article written by Texas Monthly, Classmates described the pair as, quote, It seems as though Sean was the ringleader and Ryan was the follower. Ryan was charismatic and well-liked by the fraternity. He was in the tennis club and majored in speech communication. Ryan gave up his partying lifestyle 
he had in his freshman year, no more drinking, tobacco, or even dating. He instead turned his focus to religion during his sophomore year, one former fraternity brother even telling Texas Monthly that he became, quote, the exact opposite of the Ryan Ringnall that we met our freshman year, end quote. Sean's story was quite the opposite, though. He was the religion major and wasn't involved in extracurricular like Ryan. Instead, he spent his spare time street preaching fire and brimstone in the quad. What a blast. People that knew him during this time said it seemed he didn't think anyone was a true Christian unless they did it his way. So like if you're already not holding hands, not kissing, praying every night, not drinking, it's not enough. It's not enough. You just have to follow Sean's stupid collared Abercrombie shirts. Sean finally let his hair down when he began dating Kasha Martins during their sophomore year to their senior years after telling her that God told him they would be married one day. That line just seems to work in Christian colleges and Christian religion, along with, you know, commit a crime for me, wear a prairie dress for the rest of your life, have no soul. I don't know. But that's the kind of rhetoric that works in these controlling Christian relationships. And his control in their relationship grew over its course, telling her what she could and couldn't wear, baggy t-shirts and jeans that were too big so other boys couldn't lust after her. It wasn't really a romantic relationship or even a physical one. They didn't even share a kiss for over a year. On top of that, Kasha's relationship with her family became strained, and eventually she began to recognize his controlling behavior and extreme views and broke off their relationship. A heartbroken Sean told Kasha that she was, quote, disobeying the Lord if you break up with me and that she would be renouncing her faith. He manipulated her in saying he would rather die than live a life without her. Fortunately, she saw through all that BS, and he was left to focus on his religious studies. And this meant he became even more of a pain in the ass in his classes, constantly interrupting and frustrating other students by challenging instructors, professors were always wrong, pastors were always wrong, according to Sean. He was always up for a debate, much to the chagrin of everyone else in the room. And I've known a few people like that in my day, and they are, God, they're a blast at parties. According to Texas Monthly, one memorable example involved Sean attempting to defend the patriarchy by explaining that, quote, men were supposed to be dominant and women were supposed to be submissive, end quote. And his evidence claimed that he could, quote, and get your, just get your knuckles up right now, guys, <clears throat> that he could, quote, beat up any woman. And this is according to a fellow classmate, Robert Reed. He said, men are better than women, and the reason why is that he could beat up any woman. You're an absolute moron, sir. Anyways, I don't need to tell you in how many ways this statement is so wrong. Uh, we're all on the same page here, I'm pretty sure. So another method of getting over his breakup was throwing himself into friendship. Ironically, with Ryan and church elder, and again, they're in their early, they're in their early 20s, essentially. 
Jacob Gardner, who didn't attend Baylor, but a nearby community college. It was a perfect storm. The trio challenged each other doctrinally, and when Ryan and Sean graduated from Baylor in 2008, they preached on the streets wherever their voices would echo the loudest. Within the first few followers they gained, they moved the church to Arlington, Texas, before ultimately moving, for financial reasons, to Wells in 2012. For the most part, the church is comprised of formerly affluent, God-fearing, educated adults. Church demographics are mainly young and white, as evidenced in the news footage I have seen and photos and videos of the small congregation they posted on their Facebook page and website. The Church of Wells website promotes the church as belonging in the revivalist vein of Christianity and uses the Bible to fit their own narrative. One verse in particular that states that, quote, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yeah, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. End quote. That's not an actual direct quote, but you get the point. This is from Luke 14.26. This is how they have convinced their handfuls of congregants to leave their families behind, cutting ties with everyone from their outside world completely. Cult. It's a cult. And moving to the city that's no bigger than a pinprick on a map. And ironically, few residents of the town of Wells have joined the church. They're not interested in joining these people. They like their town. It's nothing wrong with being from a small town. And then when crazies come in, you're not interested. I get it. If a resident of Wells wants to attend church, though, that isn't something they can just willy-nilly do. They have to be involved in church. Involved in church studies specifically first. And members of this church, well, they don't believe many who consider themselves to be Christian actually are. They're calling bullshit on that and claim that they can tell who is saved just by looking at them. Remember what Sean's classmates said about him from his school days? That he didn't think people were truly saved unless they did things his way? Well, seems that things have transferred down to his followers. If you want to delve into their theology, look no further than their own Facebook page, that is brimming with video clips and copious amounts of sermons from their various leaders. There are also testimonies from church members who describe the, quote, false Christianity they had been living in in their former lives. If you listen to the Israel Keys series, you'll remember his sister, who's a part of this cult, wrote an entire testimony about how guilty she felt for listening to contemporary Christian music. And my God, she was this close to listening to Creed. <sighs> Slippery slope, guys. Slippery slope. Just cover your... They should just wear earplugs. Anywho, many members had also considered themselves devout in their faith before moving to Wells, and then they were basically told they were living a lie. Several church members talked to KPRC News in 2018 and described their beliefs. And here's a clip of that. All throughout the centuries, Christianity was persecuted. Their beliefs are absolute. By God's grace, I was willing to, to suffer that 
that affliction. The members of the Church of Wells, based in the small East Texas town of Wells, believe they are the true practitioners of Christianity. I believe we're truly confronting the powers of darkness that are hovering over this land. Houstonians first heard of the church when six members were kicked out of Lakewood Church for disrupting Sunday services by claiming Pastor Joel Osteen was spreading a false message. All were arrested and charged with trespassing, including church elder Jacob Gardner. I have no fear about jail. And there they are singing their way through controversy. It is alleged that church leaders claim their church is the only one in existence to be preaching the, quote, true biblical Christianity, end quote. And they maintain souls are only saved through the Church of Wells. A church only started in 2010 by a couple of kids. And Dr. Phil, whether you like him or not, got wind of this church, group, cult, whatever, cult and decided to look into it and what resulted was a two-part series that is eye-opening and terrifying perhaps even more alarming is that when dr phil questioned local officials about the organization authorities claimed to have no problems with the group and i'm not sure what potential dirt the church might have on law enforcement but for authorities to say they have no problems with the organization, that seems to be a bit of a stretch. And it's just not true. Members have been involved in plenty of altercations that have led to dozens of arrests. Here's just one example. There is video footage of an altercation in 2014 in Houston, Texas, involving six members of the church causing a scene at Joel Osteen's Lakewood Megachurch and interrupting their annual homecoming celebration. Wells Church members yelled at children, telling them they were going to hell. The men were arrested for criminal trespass. A jury in Harris County found four of the six not guilty. Two of the members were sentenced to 90 days in jail and a $2,000 fine. In another incident, Elder, and I say that lightly because he was only in his 20s, Jacob Gardner was arrested on misdemeanor criminal trespassing and resisting arrest after causing a disturbance at a local high school. Also in 2015, members of the church were handcuffed during a demonstration at the Stephen F. Austin State University campus. Campus police alleged church members were on the property without a proper permit and were also making vulgar comments to female students. Here is a 2018 story from KPRC News chronicling even more alleged incidents and arrests of church members. The man still facing trial over the Lakewood incident is having to answer to yet another criminal charge. This one involves the 21-year-old pregnant employee of this auto parts store in the neighboring town of Alto. This police report reads Mark DeRuvel and another church member told the unmarried mother it was sinful to fornicate with evil and she would burn in the pits of hell for the sin. Both were arrested for trespassing after police wrote they refused to leave the store. Why do you feel that that's okay to talk to people that way? We don't. That's a false report. The members of our church have never spoken like that and will never speak like that. But Lakewood and Alto are not isolated incidents. Last month, 
DeRuvel and Richard Trudeau were arrested twice in three days in the small New York town of Saranac Lake. Police there say the men were disrupting services at a Baptist church. Why do members of the Church of Wells continue to get arrested? We don't go out looking for trouble. We don't go out to pick fights. We're up against a heap of slander. Gardner says all church members are doing is preaching the word of God. All I need to do is go step out and be a Christian and I'll be persecuted. That is an argument church member Taylor Clifton used after being arrested during Lufkin's annual Christmas parade. And I lifted up my Bible, just kind of lifted it up to you know, the sky and just started quoting some scriptures and then already there's just like this like violent reaction from this woman and police arrested Clifton after he refused orders to stop yelling at parade goers. Clifton disputes he was yelling and says God told him to keep preaching. So I, I chose to obey God rather than men by God's grace. This episode is brought to you in part by June's journey. Picture it. The glamour of the roaring 20s, wrapped in a mystery that only you can solve. Dive into June Parker's captivating quest to uncover scandalous family secrets. With your keen eye for detail, find hidden clues and solve mind-boggling puzzles. It's all about observation, intrigue, and drama. But beware, each clue leads deeper into a thrilling storyline filled with danger and romance. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Your adventure awaits. Whether you're shipping 100 packages a month or thousands, ShipStation lets you automate routine shipping tasks and easily handle returns. Manage orders, print labels, compare rates, optimize every shipment, and automate delivery notifications with ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard. Plus, you can access industry-leading discounted rates from USPS, UPS, DHL, and Global Post, with discounts up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation, and 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. Optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Use promo code WONDERY today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com promo code WONDERY. But to say the organization is a cult is an entirely different story. And of course, church members vehemently deny those facts. They claim church members are there of their own free will. And here is Elder Sean Morris giving the church perspective of these events and allegations. Hello, my name is Sean Morris. I'm one of the pastors of the Church of Wells, and I wanted to give a brief introduction to this video before Catherine speaks. This video exists so that she has means to tell her personal testimony about what has happened when she left the church and she went to spend some time with her parents. Many people have heard reports from her parents propagated locally and nationwide of their fears about the Church of Wells from sexual abuse to kidnapping to uh, human trafficking to many other atrocious and outrageous accusations. It has resulted in multitudes of, of authorities examining us from FBI to local police to CPS to personal investigators 
and so on, and we have been acquitted and declared innocent in all of these examinations. Nevertheless, the propaganda of gossip and slander of the Church of, Will, Church of Wells continues to go around the nation. And this video exists because Catherine wants to suppress the slander. Catherine wants to speak her own personal testimony about what has happened. And I'm asking that the viewer would give a listening ear as she tells her own testimony. I'm asking that you have compassion and that you would condescend because she is not a public speaker and she is not of eloquent speech. So it is going to require the viewer to have some patience as you listen to her own personal account. Ever since we knew Catherine, from the first day we met her approximately two years ago, she has not been of eloquent speech. And she has been just as you'll see her on the video today, as far as her ability to utter words in a cohesive, complete, thorough, and quick manner before individuals looking on. So I'm asking for patience for the viewer. Dr. Phil has a differing opinion after speaking to concerned community members and recognizing the pattern of behavior members of this church are displaying. These behaviors set off alarm bells in his head and mine, and this interview is just downright scary. In the interview, Dr. Phil is asking local Wells pastor, James Maddox, what he has seen and heard on the compound. Tell me about property. this shed, Pastor. There, there's a shed that you say they go in? Long uh, periods of time, yes, sir. It's uh, Without food, no bathroom? What's the story? It's, it's a metal shed that's, I'm guessing it to be probably a 10 by 12, something like that. Just a, a, like a, a storage shed. Mm -hmm. And they have it right behind one of the houses. And they use that for a long time in their, what they called their conversion environment and uh, where they would take them in. In the beginning, they did a lot of uh, what they called prayer and fasting. And they, so they would spend 20, 30, 40 days without food, just only drinking water. And they would keep them up for three and four days at a time without sleep. And a group of uh, men in their tag team preaching to them 24 seven. And then uh, after a few days, they would uh, allow them to lay down and sleep for a little bit, maybe give them a bite or two of food, but then get them right back up and go right back at it again. Mm -hmm. And how do you know that's going on? Well, I've been told by several people that have gotten out, not to mention uh, because of the proximity of where we are, and it's a small town, there's not city traffic and all that. We don't even have a red light in our town. Uh, at night, you could hear them in their... Uh, yelling it at whoever they had in the shed. Mm -hmm. Now you've talked about people that have gotten out and stayed out. Tell me what you mean by that. I feel that there's trigger words, that mm -hmm. when you're talking to these people, there something sets them off, whether you get too close into their, their boundaries or whatever it may be. But when you hit that spot, uh, it's like someone that's been like a prisoner of war that's been brainwashed or someone from the occult where they begin to go into shutdown mode. You see there, it's like you flip a switch. You see their eyes glaze over. 
you see their total demeanor changes that it's like you're no longer talking to a person mm -hmm. but more kind of like a zombie state i witnessed it this isn't the only account of strange and scary goings on around the compound full of shacks rundown houses and rail thin women wearing prairie style dresses this next story from abc news is hard to stomach and involves the tragic death of a newborn baby. In the clip, ABC's Dan Harris is interviewing the grandparents of baby Faith. And for one family, it was a death. We prayed for all the kids caught up in this uh, group. And we pray for the parents and the grandparents that have been cut off, just like we have. They were once close with their grandchildren, but their daughter left to join the church three years ago. Not long afterwards, she texted her parents with a big announcement. It was a beautiful picture, and it said, delivered into the loving hands of my husband, eight pounds, six ounces. I love her already. It was Sunday evening. We were sitting out by the fire, and my phone rang, and it came up with Daniel's cell phone number. And I knew. I knew. Within days, there was a problem. The baby wasn't eating. Her hands were turning blue. 511, do you have an emergency? Oh, you said, yeah, well, my, my newborn baby has died, and I need the sheriff's department. When did she die? about one o'clock today. This is the 911 call Daniel made to police 14 hours after baby Faith died. But why are you just now calling about it? Well, we're Christians and we were praying. Police say church members had been driving around town with the baby's lifeless body stopping at various places to pray over it. On this audio tape of the memorial service posted on the church website, the elders say they were praying for the baby to be resurrected. After that child died, we believe that it was God's will that the child would be raised. In their report, the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services stated that there was reason to believe that the death of baby Faith was due to medical neglect on the part of her parents. How brainwashed must the parents of baby Faith have been to not seek medical attention and instead pray over her lifeless body for 15 hours? Can you even imagine? The three-day-old baby was revealed to have died from a heart disorder, one that would have been caught if her mother had sought out medical care during her pregnancy or delivered the baby in a hospital. In audio from the memorial service, according to KLTV, Sean said, quote, We weren't being foolish. We wanted God to be glorified. Adding that the baby's death was part of God's plan. Concerning the place that we've sinned as elders and as a church, after that child died, we believed it was God's will that the child would be raised from the dead. We've seen many miracles as a church and as individuals. I am not boasting, I am just giving you something from our mindset." End quote. Perhaps even more sickening than Sean's statements is the fact that a jury 
chose not to indict the parents for any wrongdoing. But we haven't really even scratched the surface here, guys. Next week, we will learn about a street preacher from Austin, Texas, who is confident he was psychologically brainwashed and drugged by church members. We will also hear the story of Catherine Grove and her several attempts to leave the group, though she denies it, but brainwashing, and her parents' desperate attempts to find her. It is truly heartbreaking. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Seven Deadly Sinners early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen early and ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. And before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. If you're listening to this podcast, then chances are good you are a fan of The Strange, Dark, and Mysterious. And if that's true, then you're in luck. Because, once again, Mr. Ballin Podcast, Strange, Dark, and Mysterious Stories is available everywhere you get your podcasts. Each week on the Mr. Ballin Podcast, you'll hear new stories about inexplicable encounters, shocking disappearances, true crime cases, and everything in between. Like our recent episode titled White Dust. After a middle-aged couple fail to answer their daughter's messages and calls, the daughter drives the few hours to her parents' house to check on them, But after arriving and seeing both her parents' cars in the driveway, the daughter gets an uneasy feeling and just can't stomach going inside. To hear the rest of that story and hear hundreds more stories like it, follow Mr. Ballin Podcast on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts. Prime members can listen early and ad-free on Amazon Music.